Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri Basin Conference Call. This call is provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers, as well as the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be your moderator. This call is recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution Service for Media Reuse at www.dvidshub.net slash unit slash USACE-NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line, to ask a question, press star six. The force mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function and do not place the call on hold. If you've used both the computer and your phone, you will need to unmute in both places. Make sure we have Doug Cluck on the line, we do. So our agenda today is as follows, from the NOAA National Center for Environmental Information. We'll start with Doug Cluck. We'll move from there to Kevin Lau from the Missouri Basin River Forecast Center and then to John Remus and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers staff in the Missouri River Water Management Division. And um, we will not have a drought coordination update this week. Uh, and this is our last call for, last scheduled call for 2023. So with that, I will turn the call over to Doug Cluck. Thank you, Eileen. And thanks to the Corps and all those participating um, my name is Doug Cluck. I work for the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. I guess you can see all that stuff there. So we can, I'm in Kansas City, Missouri, and we can move on. Um, make this short and sweet, I guess, as best I can. Uh, sometimes it's not so easy for me. But uh, what we have here are three, uh, three different maps of the last 90 days of temperature on the left. Um, where you see red, yellow, orange, those are above normal temperatures over the last 90 days, basically since mid-April to, uh, well, uh, a day or two ago, averaged out. But anyway, um, it's been warm to the north and sort of cool to the uh, south, especially to the southwest portions of the basin. Uh, um, so uh, overall, I'd say we had near normal if you average out over the entire basin, pretty close to near normal to slightly above, especially as you go to the north. Um, on the right, there's a couple different images that show you different uh, ways of looking at precipitation over that same 90-day period. Basically, this is our wettest time of year, by the way, um, for most of this basin. Um, April through July, and if you don't get your rains then, um, as you all know, um, it can it can spell trouble, especially for agriculture, not necessarily for the river so much, uh, the rivers so much, but also to some degree, the rivers. Um, so the top uh, image there on the upper right corner is the percent of normal precipitation during this period. And you can see the percent of normal where it's red and orange is below uh, below normal. Anything yellow to red is considered below normal. Anything sort of green to purple uh, is considered above normal. So places like front, the Front Range of Colorado, all the way up into Montana, um, have seen um, pretty good rains and are they're pretty happy out there, as a matter of fact. I think I just saw that Wyoming had its second wettest 
June, for example. So it's been wet. It's been wet in the high plains, uh, especially up against the mountains there. Um, however, you move a little bit further to the right or east, I guess, and uh, you look at southeast Nebraska and mostly uh, Missouri, to be honest, and other portions of uh, the lower part of the basin. And we, we've had some troubles down here and we're rapidly, have rapidly gone into pretty severe drought. Um, the final image on this map is to kind of give you a, a feeling of how many inches, actual inches of rain we've missed or we're above. So again, the red is below normal. Um, the purple and greens and blues are above normal. So look at the middle of Missouri there. Uh, we're um, up to 12, and I think in a spot up to 15 inches below normal during our wettest time of year. So that spells a lot of trouble for that part of the country. Um, as you move up the move up the river, however, things do improve. And uh, although the lower lower basin, let's say below Sioux City, isn't that great, um, the Platte River and things like that, some of the feeder rivers are uh, are okay. So I just wanted to give you an idea of how many inches we're missing in the lower part of the basin in terms of, uh, of, of our total rainfall. That's a lot. That is a lot of water that, that didn't happen in, in pretty much the state of Missouri and other portions of the lower basin. Next slide. <clears throat> um, this is looking at a very similar thing, but just for the last 30 days. So again, on the left is the temperature um, greens, uh, greens to blues are uh, below normal temperatures. So pretty much the entire lower basin, all the way up into portions of the upper basin, have been below normal. Um, slightly, I mean, not not crazily below normal, but below normal nonetheless in terms of temperature. Um, again, on the right is the precipitation percent of normal upper right, and you can see percentages in Wyoming. This is why they had such a almost a record in terms of wetness in June. Um, we're looking over 200% over a huge area of Wyoming there and other places, again, uh, Colorado and some of the almost exact same places that we saw those, uh, those high, high numbers in terms of precipitation uh, in the 90-day. Uh, again, also in the lower part of the basin, you see mostly deficit areas uh, in terms of percent. And again, on the lower right corner, if you will, that's the departure and that's how many inches you missed if you will, um, during that 30-day period. And again, a bunch of inches missed, if you will, in eastern Kansas and Missouri, uh, western Iowa, places like that. And now you're going to see a little bit more of that across the very northern part of the basin, uh, Milk River Basin, uh, into uh, North Dakota there. Um, some dryness creeping in up there. Okay, next slide. <clears throat> um, just just an image uh, to show you where it's been the wettest in the last seven days, just a kind of a um, real time, if you will, almost real time. I could have updated this again today. It wouldn't change that much. But over the last seven days, this is the total amount in inches that we've seen. And portions of eastern Nebraska, uh, uh, South Dakota um, have gotten substantial rains, two, two inch rains and things like that. And even some of the green areas are, are around an inch. Um, some of the blue areas, however, uh, I won't say it's meaningless rain, but it's a lot, um, it's pretty light rains uh, overall, especially for a seven-day period in the middle of the summer where we need uh, more water to sustain. Um, so we're, we're working off of a deficit in a lot of areas. Next slide. 
just a couple images, different ways of showing, different models showing um, how much uh, the soil moisture is either doing well or not doing well. The map on the left um, is, is a NASA-based one. And where you see blue, that's above normal. Again, this tracks pretty darn well. And this is surface, so I'm, I should be really careful here, surface soils. So pretty close to the, uh, you know, one or two, maybe three inches deep in the soils, according to uh, NASA, that the blue areas are above normal and the yellow to reds and oranges are below normal in that surface. Uh, and the white is sort of normal, if you will, uh, in terms of that depiction. Um, the image on the right is uh, more, uh, a, a more a different model. It also, <clears throat> also indicates sort of that dryness, especially in Missouri and eastern Nebraska and such, uh, being awfully dry. Other parts of the basin really aren't, aren't too bad off for the most part, okay? Next slide. Um, this is this is looking at precipitation for the next seven days into the future. Uh, let me see if we get that. Yeah, we got that updated. So now it's uh, through July 20th or so, at least the morning of July 20th. Um, next seven days, this is the type of precipitation we're going to see in the basin. Not a lot. Now, I will say this really quickly, that at least where it's the most droughty, uh, eastern Kansas, Missouri, um, there is promise of some, well, promise, we hope, right, of some precipitation, um, maybe a little bit over an inch, pretty widespread. We hope that does happen. Um, next slide. Maybe. Next slide should be the 8 to 14 day outlook in terms of probabilities, in terms of precipitation and uh, temperature as well. Are we stuck? There we go. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is we call this week two or uh, eight days from now to 14 days from now. If you blend that all together, that week two, this is what this is what we're looking at. Um, we have seen quite a bit of heat to our south, record heat, um, long lived heat, uh, dangerous heat. A lot of that hasn't actually gotten into our area. Uh, thankfully, lately, we've had our bits. We've had our, our days or twos that are, are pretty hot, but nothing sustained. Um, we are going to see generally uh, better chances for warmer, warmer than normal temperatures over the whole region, although the probability, especially right in the center of the basin, isn't very high. Um, um, in terms of precipitation on the right, you see um, the northern part of the basin, there's sort of that light tan color indicating uh, a slight tendency or a probability towards drier than normal conditions. No, we don't necessarily want to see that this time of year, but um, it's not uncommon. Um, it's not a huge tilt towards dryness over the uh, upper basin. Right there around Nebraska, eastern, western Kansas and Colorado, we do have a little bullseye of slightly wetter, or I shouldn't say slightly wetter, slightly better chances of above normal precipitation that week two in July. Um, Summer is notoriously hard to forecast in terms of, 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 of convective rainfall. So we'll, you know, the, and these probabilities really aren't shifting too much. So we're pretty close to near normal chances of precipitation during that week two period. Next slide. Um, so for the rest of July or all of July, when you average it all out on the left uh, is, the, is the probabilities of, uh, of, of temperature 
being below or or near or I should say below or equal chances or above. And there's really not when you average out all of July, not a uh, no, there's not really a strong chance of above normal temperatures. Um, there is a chance, and I think that's it's going to come to fruition of that sort of uh, high the high plains over there, especially in Wyoming, being below normal in terms of temperature. And then there is a, a, a leaning towards wetter conditions from Wyoming east, southeast into uh, Nebraska and Missouri and such. We sort of hope that that materializes. It has, to some degree, it has a little bit. We've had some precipitation across that area in the last few days, but um, we, we could sure, certainly use a heck of a lot more. So. Again, a leaning towards above normal precipitation, mostly lower basin, I guess I'd say. Next slide. Um, this is a longer term outlook. This is about a 90 day outlook. So to the end of September, uh, the image on the left shows that there's pretty much equal chances of above, below or near normal for most of, of the uh, upper, uh, upper plain, northern plains and central plains slight chances for above normal when you eat when you average it all out for those three months slight chance of above normal temperatures kind of ringing that area if you will of equal chances but really that's a slight chance um, of of being above it's just just favoring it slightly um, on the right uh precipitation outlook shows uh in area i'd say from the lower basin sort of north and north north and west uh, into uh, Montana and Wyoming, showing uh, again a very slight leaning towards above normal in terms of uh, precipitation over that period. But the good thing is, I guess I, I you know, that doesn't that doesn't give me a lot of hope. But what I would say is, what it doesn't show is a leaning towards below normal. That's probably more important than um, the fact that they have this little above normal um, uh, area across the basin. So better than it could be, <laughs> but not great. Okay, next slide. Okay, yeah. Um, so there's the, uh, let's see, July 11th. Yeah, so that's the most recent upper left corner, uh, the most recent uh, drought monitor outlook. Um, I guess I'll, what I'm going to say is I'll, I'll, I'll sh I would po I point you to the areas of red, if you will, eight weeks ago down below um, some of those have diminished in area especially in kansas uh and mm, i won't say too much about that because it looks like things haven't changed that much in eastern nebraska but um we have decreased drought in the upper basin quite a bit and you can see eight weeks ago we had a lot more yellow and sort of tans in the upper basin uh, what we have done however shifted that drought at least the worst case drought and it's really fast uh, uh, development into Missouri. And so we have, uh, you know, e extraordinary, if you will, um, drought across portions of, of Missouri today. And um, let's see. And then the drought outlook uh, for that area, uh, especially that area that's under drought, that's what we're kind of looking at on the right there. Uh, by the end of September, that's what this map is supposed to in indicate, by the end of the period that we're looking at here, uh, we hope to see some improvement in those gray areas, not necessarily getting out of drought, but certainly some improvement. Um, the light greens, if you can tell the difference, uh, the light greens is where drought is supposed to, uh, if you will, go away, right? So by the end of September, and I'll, I'll say something really quick here on the side is that 
we're, and it's something I'll get to a little bit also at the end, is we're in an El Nino situation. And I, without going into great detail, what that tends to mean is that we have better chances of precipitation across sort of that central part of our area. I'm going to say August, September, October, as we move into, uh, into the fall. We hope that happens. It doesn't happen every time, but there is a tendency for that. And for that same area that's kind of bullseye there, that circle, uh, there's, a, there's a slight leaning towards being cooler than normal, too based on how El Ninos have evolved in the past. Well, we'll see, we'll see. That's, that's not a prediction, that's just based on what we've seen in the past with some El Ninos. Um, we'll see what the official forecast is updated next week. Next slide. So here's the summation of everything, really. Um, yes, current ENSO, we call it ENSO, if it's either El Nino or La Nina. We're in an El Nino advisory, meaning it is predicted to occur. There's something like a 90% chance that it's going to be an official El Nino. And it doesn't look like a weak one either. It looks like a, a, a fairly robust signal, if you will, out of the, out of the equatorial Pacific. Um, um, current conditions are definitely wetter in the western part of the basin. Um, some drought development, however, mainly in Missouri, in continuing drought situations, you know, you can't come out of a, if you will, extraordinary drought with one rainfall or even a series of rainfalls. Um, it takes time. It takes time and, uh, and and quite a bit of soaking, if you will, because you know you might get the top layer wet, but it takes a while for that that moisture to get down, especially to get down into base flow for rivers and streams. Um, temperatures have been relatively mild, especially in the western part of the basin uh, compared to normal. Um, the outlook short-term trend is warming, um, slight leaning towards wetter than normal in the central plains. Longer term, they'll say three-month outlook is a slight leaning towards uh, warmer west, uh, far, far west, and equal chances for really the most of the, most of the equal chances of above, below, or near normal for most of the basin. Slight tilt towards wetter conditions, central plains, north and west to Wyoming. Otherwise, equal chances. And as I always do, we have a webinar coming up next um, next Thursday at 1 p.m. Uh, I guess the same same time uh, as this, uh, but next Thursday, as we always do every third Thursday, uh, our speaker will be uh, the state climatologist from Illinois, um, but he's going to cover the whole north central part of the country and give us the most current updated outlooks from the Climate Prediction Center. So new. New th uh, one month and three month uh, outlook maps and a lot of other stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. And we'll move over to Kevin Lau. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you, Eileen. Uh, as Doug mentioned, on behalf of the National Weather Service, I'd like to thank the Corps as well for having us uh, on this series of calls. As Doug mentioned, uh, June was a rather wet month. Uh, in the western portion of the basin. And on this slide here, the red stars on this map show the locations where we experienced flooding uh, in June. On our last call that was held on the 8th of June, we reported out that there was flooding in the first week of June along the uh, Milk River near Glasgow, Montana, the Muscle Shell uh, River at Mosby, Montana. And there was even major level flooding along Clear Creek in uh, near Chinook, Montana. And then after that call, thunderstorm activity continued in June and resulted in a few 
other uh, flooding events, including along the South Platte River in Colorado and in Nebraska, uh, the Wind River in Wyoming, and along Ponca Creek there in Southeast Nebraska. The James River in South Dakota still remains above flood at two locations, Columbia and Stratford. I suspect Stratford will remain in flood uh, through the end of August. Looking ahead then during the next three months, uh, which would put us through the end of September, uh, the remainder of the colored dots on this map show locations where we have a greater than 50% chance of experiencing flooding. And the flood potential, as you can see, is, is again primarily focused on the southern third of the basin, specifically in eastern Kansas and along or in the state of Missouri, and really only at five, five locations, uh, and they're along the smaller tributaries. Thunderstorm activity drives flooding in the lower basin, and so we do expect episodic minor to moderate flooding to occur uh, along those five different streams there in Missouri and eastern Kansas. However, I must hasten to say that the chance to see flooding has been lowered from normal, sometimes drastically, uh, due to the dry conditions that Douglas uh, uh, talked about. Um, the Missouri River itself below Kansas City is not likely to see flooding uh, over the next 90 days. It doesn't mean it won't happen, uh, but our current outlook, given the incredibly dry soils, uh, shows that no locations along the Missouri River uh, and that includes from Gavin's point down to St. Louis, as even having a close to 50% chance of getting to flood. And with that, that concludes my uh, flood potential brief. Back to you, Eileen. Thank you, Kevin. And I'll hand it over to the Corps of Engineers staff in Omaha, starting with John Remus. Uh, thank you, Eileen, can you hear me? Sure. Uh, thanks, Eileen, and thank you to Doug Cluck uh, and Kevin Lau for their insights. Good, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Main Stem Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks, and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. I want to again assure everyone in the basin that the Corps of Engineers remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting people and business when we can from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or reservoir system conditions. This includes the ice-induced flooding during the winter freeze-in and spring breakup periods. Also, widespread thunderstorms in the lower Missouri River Basin can and do occur. Runoff from large storms in the lower basin cannot always be mitigated by the operation of the main stem reservoir system. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of water released from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. The 2023 upper basin Excuse me, the 2023 Upper Missouri River Basin runoff forecast has improved over the last several weeks and is now above average. Brian Larson and Mike Swinton will provide more details as to how this will likely impact operations of the system. Even with the increased runoff forecast and improved ground conditions in the basin, full recovery of the reservoir storage will take some time. 
Therefore, we are anticipating continuing our water conservation measures through 2023 and possibly longer. The conservation measures are less than full service flow supports navigation and lower winter releases. The Corps of Engineers understands the importance of the Missouri River in improving water, providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is presently and will be adequate water in the reservoirs and in the river reaches between the reservoirs, the reservoirs and below the system to serve all water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Engineers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner operator's responsibility. We will continue to meet our statutory requirements to operate the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System for its authorized purposes. As described in the Master Water Control Manual, we will also continue to comply with all laws and provisions of the 2018 Biological Opinion. To that end, we did do some release cycling in late June in an attempt to minimize impacts to the piping floor. I want to again remind everyone that there will not be a Quartet flow test this year. Lastly, the runoff forecast and projected reservoir releases at pool, level, pool levels that Ryan Larson and Mike Swenson will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. This concludes my opening remarks. Thank you very much. I will turn the discussion over to Ryan Larson. Ryan? Thanks, John. I'm on slide 16, Eileen. This graphic depicts the annual runoff of the Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa for 125 years of record keeping with the long-term drought shown in yellow. The 2023 calendar year runoff forecast for the upper Missouri River Basin, which is highlighted in red, is 29.2 million acre feet, 114% of average, and approximately 2.4 million acre feet more than last month's forecast. I'm moving to slide 17. The slightly above average runoff forecast for, the 2023, for 2023 reflects the above average runoff in previous months, leading to improved soil moisture conditions in western portions of the basin. As seen on this slide, <clears throat> the above average runoff occurred during May and June, which was caused by the rapidly melting mountain snowpack coupled with several rain events in Montana and Wyoming. With the improved soil moisture conditions and the climate outlook indicating equal chances to slightly increased probabilities of above normal precipitation over the upper basin, July through December runoff totals are all near average. Moving to slide 18. As Doug showed previously with the drought monitor, soil conditions have improved over western portions of the basin. The graphic on the left shows the current soil moisture conditions compared to the average soil moisture during the 30-year period 1991 through 2020. The right graphic shows how these soil moisture conditions have improved since April 30th. I'd like to call your attention to the star on the right graphic, which represents the approximate location of the Upper Missouri River Basin Monitoring Network Station near Huntley, Montana, and is within an area of soil moisture improvement. Moving to slide 19. This graphic shows the five-minute precipitation and hourly soil moisture at five depths at the Huntley Station over the same period shown on the soil moisture maps on the previous slide. As you can see, soil moisture at all depths of the soil profile has increased since April 30th, with a noticeable increase at depths of 8 to 40 inches. I am now on slide 20. 
Mountain snowpack peaked at 117% of normal in the above Fort Peck reach on April 24th and 109% of normal in the Fort Peck to Garrison reach on April 6th. The mountain snowpack rapidly melted about two weeks ahead of the average melt observed over the period 1991 through 2020. As of July 2nd, all of the snow water equivalent, or SWE, had melted in the above Fort Peck and Fort Peck to Garrison reaches. In summary, the 2023 calendar year runoff forecast is 29.2 million acre feet, 114% of average. I will now turn it over to Mike to discuss system regulations. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, Gavin's Point releases averaged 23,500 CFS in June. Releases are currently at 29,000 CFS. Releases are forecast to gradually increase over the next several days as needed to meet the downstream target. Slide 22 shows that the system storage is currently at 56.4 million acre feet, 0.3 million acre feet above the base of the annual flood control zone. System storage has increased nearly 10 million acre feet since the end of March. Uh, moving on to the monthly simulations or monthly studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Ryan just discussed. Due to the variability that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow <coughs> will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other simulations is posted on our webpage. So on slide 23, and looking at the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck and Oahe are currently three feet below the base of their respective flood control pools. Garrison is 4.1 feet above the base of its flood control zone. As shown on the basic forecast, Fort Peck Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 2231.2. That's 2.8 feet below the base of the flood control zone. Peak releases are expected to average about 9,000 CFS this summer. Garrison Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1842.6 about five feet into its flood control zone. Peak releases are expected to average about 22,000 CFS this summer. Oahe is likely near its peak reservoir elevation uh, at 1604.5. Peak releases are expected to average about 32,000 CFS this summer. Uh, moving on to the next slide. Slide 24 details the master manual system storage checks. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam, the support navigation, and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide downstream navigation channel. The July 1 system storage check resulted in an increase in the navigation flow support level. Releases are currently being set to provide flow support at a level 1,500 CFS below full service. For this service level on the basic simulation, Gavin's Point monthly average releases range from about 29,000 to 33,000 CFS. Releases will depend on downstream conditions and may be reduced in response to downstream flooding. The effectiveness of the reservoir system to reduce peak stages along the lower river diminishes as you move downstream due to the travel time. The navigation flow support season length is also based on the July 1st system storage. 
That storage check indicated there would be a full-length flow support season ending December 1st. Uh, next slide. Energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic simulation is 7.9 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. And the next slide this is my last slide. And that shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown at the top of the slide. This web page gives a general overview of the current conditions in the basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. That concludes my comments. I'll turn it back to you, Eileen. Thanks, Mike. And uh, we do not have participants on for uh, planned presentations from Omaha or Kansas City. We'll move to notification. Actually, this, this is uh, today. Um, this is our last uh, call for this year that is scheduled. So the next will be in January. Um, and then this is the chart of your speakers today for any members of the media needing names, spelling, or uh, job title. With that, I will move to the question and answer session. We'll go in alphabetical order by state, starting uh, obviously with Iowa. Uh, star six to unmute your phone. You may need to mute both on your phone and your computer. Uh, please state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. But Iowa. Kansas. Missouri. Montana. Nebraska. North Dakota. South Dakota. Eileen? Yes. It's Jeff Dooley at Dakota Dunes. Could Hello. someone just can someone please explain the uh, water conservation measures and what conditions would have to exist within the system to uh, go off of water conservation measures? John, you want to take that one? Or Mike? Uh, yeah, so this is John Ramos. Uh, we would basically have to see that the recovery of all of the uh, multipurpose carryover storage that we've used in the drought before we would come off of conservation. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Others for South Dakota. Wyoming. And anyone else who was unable to unmute to ask a question? Okay, with that, I'll hand it over to John. Thank you, Eileen. Uh, as Eileen said, this is our last scheduled uh, stakeholder call for 2023. If there is a significant deviation from the forecasted operations that were presented here today, an ad hoc meeting uh, or ad hoc call will be scheduled. As we move through the remainder of the summer and into the fall, I encourage everyone to monitor our website for information on releases and pool levels. And at any time, if you would like to ask a question, you can ask it uh, via email. Uh, the link uh, to that is on our webpage as well. Or you can simply contact either myself, Ryan, or Mike uh, to get answers to questions. 
the draft 2023-2024 annual operating plan will be published for review in September, and our fall-spring public meetings will be held the week of October 24th. Uh, times and venues are being developed, and you will see more on that as, uh, as that unfolds. With that, I'll offer one last chance for any questions or comments before ending the meeting. When once, twice. Again, I'd like to thank everyone for uh, dialing in today. If you have any questions, feel free to contact myself or my staff. With that, I will end the call, and I hope to see you at our fall meeting.